Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the playing time is here. That's right. We watch Fantasy Island, The Devil and Mandy Breen on Kill by Kills TV Terrors. Well, greetings and salutations. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from Fantasy Island. I sound like the Count. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where normally we talk about uh, horror movie characters in the order which they die in the movie. But on our off weeks, we've been watching uh, singular horror-tinged episodes of normally non-horror-related TV uh, series in the hopes that... uh, Mr. Rourke's uh, Souls Untimely End is just the beginning of the joke we might make at its expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust to make sure all the white people come to my arrival to do the hula. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Oh, uh, this, this is this is hard for me. This, uh, this episode <laughs> is very, very, very hard yeah. for me. Now, this is Kill by Kill is a democracy. Um, despite, despite my desire to make it a, a theocracy, which I explore a weird religion uh, that deals with me doing every episode in the nude. Uh, but we have each suggested at various points uh, in the podcast histories, the movies, or whatever we're covering. And so this particular episode was something that you have been focused on us covering for quite some time. So... To hear you say that this was difficult for you is a little surprising to me. Well, I I really really love this show when mm-hmm. when I was a child. Um, okay. This and The Love Boat were were appointment television for me, which back is odd. Back. Yeah, which was odd because I was like five or six when, <laughs> when these shows premiered. Right. Uh, now I don't know if I was you know you know, a day one fan, but certainly by this point, this was around, this would have been around 1980 that this episode aired. Yes. Um, and I definitely know I was watching it by then. Uh, and I, I knew I was watching it by then because I remembered this episode to a, to a certain point. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I remembered most of the stuff involving the, the, Roddy McDowell's character, who is the devil. Yes. <laughs> uh, Spoiler I, alert, Roddy McDowell's the devil, and he is not subtle about it. Gina. No, no. And also, it would appear that Mr. Rourke is basically supposed to be God at this point. Um, yeah. Which is, which is an interesting route for this show to take, because the... The, the whole idea of it initially was that this was just some sort of magical island and that he was the caretaker. Yes. But, but then, like, as the show moved on and they were clearly running out of ideas, <laughs> it, it, it became, well, actually, it's him doing it. He, he's doing this. It's also knowledge that he can pass down if something bad happens to him, which is some, it's, uh, an element that's confronted in the middle of this hour of television. And I'm like, wait a second. Fantasy Island has a top-down bureaucracy? When did that happen? You, you mean there's there's no other steps beyond Mr. Rourke and Tattoo, and then it's just Phil, who is the mechanic of all the weird station wagons they have with picnic tops on, on top of them instead of real roofs? And then the hula girls, that's the entire staff. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, God. it also has a bank, apparently. <laughs> the first national bank of fantasy island. Right. What is what is the coin of the realm of fantasy island? <laughs> uh, is a real interesting question. The other thing that I there are two really troubling elements that I had to confront walking into this episode. Something that I I understood culturally. I knew I was going to see Roddy McDowell be the devil, but everything else was a surprise to me. One that Artie fucking Johnson is in this episode. Now he, he is not in the devil and Mandy Bream section of the episode. And so to everyone's consternation, I didn't watch any element of that. I'm sorry. I did not watch. It's barely, it, it's barely, it's barely a subplot. I, I'm not even quite sure I understood what happened because it is an island where all of your fantasies can come true. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, like I was reading over like the, the episode guide to this and boy, people came up with like the most boring fantasies. Like I want to be a cowboy. Right. <laughs> like, what are you eight? You know, like, who fantasizes an adult about being a cowboy or, you know, I want to, you know, I want to run a bar during World War II. <laughs> sure, I guess. I, I mean, guess. I mean, you know, I've watched know, Casablanca too, but, you know, is that I, a fantasy? I, you know, I I want, you know, a, a mansion and a yacht like Elmer J. Fudd, you know, I mean, but, but, uh, yeah, but so like this character, Artie Johnson, he wants to be a millionaire. But I guess because Tattoo is kind of running his own little thing on the side, but he has to use a magic lamp, which I'm not quite sure I I, I understood what was happening there. Is like, he supposed to be learning a lesson? Is like it seems like Mr. Rourke is like, hey, you went, I I uh, I rejected his fantasy, and then you brought him here. Now you have to do this, and he's like, oh, okay. Well, how hard can it be? Again, you don't have to physically give the guy a million fucking dollars. Do they have a horse racing facility on Fantasy <laughs> Island? Yeah, the, this this the way the island looks seems to change depending on on the plot. You know, sometimes right. they think it's like Hawaii, which is what I always assumed it was when I was a kid, and yes. then it's just like downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's 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 Hawaii with a heavy dose of Altadena, uh, California. Um, yeah, I forgot about the whole like, oh, you can't, your fantasy can't involve you being actually given money, which it's right. like, oh, okay, but Mr. Rourke, you realize that is actually most people's fantasy, right? Like, the other thing is like, it's a fantasy. He doesn't walk away from Fantasy Island with a million dollars. He just gets to You're, live like a millionaire. He, yeah, he lives like a millionaire. It seems it's fucking ridiculous. Whereas in the middle of this episode, for an interminable seven minutes, we are treated to this comedy section where a guy's like, thank you very much for allowing me to be Errol Flynn in this pirate movie. And it's like, did he didn't reject that because he's not going to walk away from this being a fucking pirate. That's his... This is fantasy. He flies home and he tells everyone in the insurance office, Mr. O'Rourke turned me into a fucking pirate. And the Blackbeard was very short. And then Hervé Villachez walks on with water in his hat, looking like <laughs> I needed I need a drink. This is the way it looks. He's he's, tor- he's tormented. He's tormented. 
Truly. Like, and... Like, why does Tattoo... Why does Tattoo... Like, Tattoo's his employee. Why does he have to be, like, a part of these fantasies? I truly don't know. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's like his assistant or something. He's an assistant, which makes it really weird that he's that involved in, like, the pirate fantasy or... Artie Johnson wanting to be a millionaire. We're talking a lot about this Artie Johnson section of which I skimmed through on fast forward. The idea that he's like, you can't do this fantasy. And a good two thirds of his fantasy involved being trapped in a warehouse <laughs> as a millionaire. Well, it, it the whole point, and I think this is a, if I recall, this is a, a, a running theme in fantasy Island is that you, you've got yourself a monkey's paw sitch. Where yeah. where you know, your fantasy isn't isn't it isn't all cracked up to be. It's like yeah. okay, so you know, you get people are giving you money to be taught a morals lesson, Mister Rourke. Right. Just take their money and give them you know the the you know, you know I want two girls at once fantasy. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> Whereas uh, when they arrive, once Artie Johnson is carted off to one section to sip uh, a tiki drink from a coconut, and you. Look at all the white ass Polynesian dancers that have been employed here. Yeah, there's a lot of blondes there. A lot of blondes. Yeah, it's a lot of sandy blondes in grass skirts. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> they, they had to have had some Polynesians on the speed dial. This is a regular gig. This scene happens every episode, but apparently this was the whitest day of Central Casting's incredibly white lineage. Um so once Artie Johnson fucks off, um, we're, we're left with Carol Lindley as Mandy Breen, a woman who has spent the last two years carrying, or actually a year. It's, it's wiggy. I feel like it changes halfway through the episode. Anyway, she's spent the last period of time in her life caring for her husband after a near fatal accident. And she's come to Fantasy Island to, quote, save her own life, but won't tell Mr. Rourke. And his toupee, the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, he's pissed, too. He's just like, fuck you for lying to me. How, how dare you? <laughs> well, that is the thing. I mean, if, if you don't know it's magic, right, this would take some doing. But really, it takes very little to make a fantasy happen if it's just magic. It's just like arranging for magic to happen which I, it never really gets into the gritty details of, of how that occurs. And, but because Mandy won't give up the goods, Ricardo Montalban is steaming through that toupee, which <laughs> appears to be a converted motorcycle helmet. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some, some, some pretty, pretty outstanding hairpiece work in this episode. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, truly wild on, on multiple facets. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Artie Johnson has a comb over that starts <laughs> in one ear and maybe reaches the other. It's, it's a lot. You got, you got him. You've got uh, the two thugs, one of whom is played by uh, uh, Joe Turkle, who will be better known to horror fans as the bartender Lloyd. Right. From The Shining and uh, Elton Terrell from one of my personal favorite movies, Blade Runner. 
Right. Yes. 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 Whereas the other guy is Ross Martin, who's most famous for like being in a dozen Western TV Westerns. And he's in a, a semi okay episode of Columbo. That's, I know him from Columbo. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty sure there's, there's probably been a, a huge overlap of fantasy Island guest stars with Columbo guest stars. Oh yeah. 100% <laughs> for sure. Um, and Carol Lindley, who tattoos like Hachi Machi. I can't believe this Hachi lady. And I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, she's a TV blonde for the 70s. She looks very surprised all the time. Yeah. Very good. When, and when she doesn't look surprised, she looks confused. Yes. She was in the Poseidon Adventure. Good for her. I don't remember who she is in the Poseidon. Isn't she? Uh, she's um, Ernest Borgnine's wife. No, that was Stella Stevens, wasn't it? Um, That's Stella Stevens. Who was she in that? I, I do recall her being in it, but you're right that I, I don't remember who she played. Nani Perry is the character name. Was she, was she, that, the, was she the singer? Maybe. I think she was I think she was the lounge singer, the one who's uh, in the... Um, the, the hot pants. Oh. Oh. Well, she looks great in Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> Here, uh, she, the costume is not doing her any any favors. I mean, she, she's she been really made up to be dowdy. Yeah, um, I think she's supposed, she's supposed to be looking like a, a kind of you know, boring suburban housewife. So it's supposed to be like shocking that she would think to, to sell her soul to the devil. Um, right. Which I have questions. Um, oh, we'll we'll get to it because let's let's introduce the devil and then let's get really dig into this deal because th- the reason it happens is fascinating. But I I don't want to um, overstep the devil's introduction here because it, once Mister O'Rourke drops her off at this cliff's edge, which is actually above Malibu, uh, enter. Roddy McDowell, who is dressed like he's uh, just come off a touring regional company of guys and dolls. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that collar is buttoned all the way up. Yes, it's a black suit, white tie, which is interesting for a devil. It's more like someone who should be playing craps in an alley with a silly hat on. It, it doesn't read Satan. Let's put it that way. And he's like, hey. You made a deal with me. You need to pay up. And Carol Lindley's response to this is, I haven't very much money. Oh, you haven't, have you? Who wrote this? Is this a first (laughs) fucking draft? I haven't very much money, is what a character said on television. (laughs) But yeah, so her husband is in a near fatal car accident. And now, okay, I know you're not a religious person anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. But if God forbid something happened to 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 Becky and she was clinging to life, right? Would you bypass God completely <laughs> and go and go directly to Old Scratch and right. you know, offering your soul in exchange to save Becky's life? I feel like there's more avenues to get in touch with God. Just as in terms of a convenience thing, it's the difference between an ATM and a loan shark. I know where all the ATMs are. 
I wouldn't know where to begin to find a fucking loan shark. <laughs> well, she, well, she makes it seem like that that he just kind of shows up in this hospital room. Yeah. And it's like, okay, does does the devil not have anything better to do than, than, than you know, pick on sad women who are crying <laughs> over their, their injured husbands? And, like, you know, he's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll save his life, but you got to sell your soul. I'm going to collect it in one year. She's like, yep, that sounds good. Yeah, do it. Uh, into it seems like a completely rational idea. But of course, that year is nearly up. And so to get out of this deal, Bandy has made with this Looney Tunes gangster. <laughs> I mean, the devil. Uh, he tasks her with uh, finding a rare Queen Omega orchid, potted, not cut, and bring it to him by the following midnight. Or she's burning in hell, baby. And we know this because every time Roddy McDowell is seen on screen, he is smoking from his ass. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Every scene he appears in, smoke is emanating from his ass. <laughs> yeah, and another thing I, I, I thought was strange. Now, I, I don't really profess to understand the workings of the, you know, selling one soul to the devil process. Sure. But, but I have read a fair amount of, of, you know, literature, if you want to call it that, and, and mm-hmm. seen movies on it. I thought that was something that the devil came to collect your soul when you die. I, yes. I, I, I did not think it was something that he just shows up a year later, like a bill collector, you <laughs> know, and, and, and shakes you down for your soul. I thought it was, you know, you die and you just go directly to hell. Yeah. That's, typically how it happens but he has made a very specific bargain with mandy over her injured husband from a car accident it could not be more mundane if you tried so mandy then passes off this responsibility off to mr rourke who's kind of pissed that she's essentially riffing on her fantasy and he's just supposed to yes and a blooming flower out of seasons. And I guess as revenge, Mr. O'Rourke invites Mandy's husband into this picture. And that is when I was given my next surprise. Uh, when Mandy's husband is revealed to be a not always limping with the same leg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for someone who was, who was, you know, hanging on by a thread, like less than a year prior. He, he looks great. He's doing fine. <laughs> well, I think he needs some eye work done is by, <laughs> by the looks of it. Or Adam was having a particularly rough go of it the, right before filming close-ups because he looks hollowed out. He looks very tan, but it's not making up for how dark those circles are from underneath his eyes. And of course this is, 70s tv and so they're giving him the lightest of pancake makeups because who's watching this in in high definition us in in 2023 and so he holy moses talking about another person who is 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 covering up a lot of the top of his head he is reaching from the back and it is (laughs) it is making a northern push but starting from the 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 left flank and then going decidedly right and it's shellacked it's um he's really compensating for it a lot adam west is in this particular episode it's just funny to me how mr rourke is just he's pissed 
that that oh, yeah. like she has changed her mind about what she wants her fantasy to be and it's like dude she probably already paid her money what do you care right I, I just i don't know enough about fantasy island's finances i guess and why should i but when it presents these things like we don't have a million dollars you're changing your fantasy midstream when she didn't really elucidate what her actual fantasy is it's kind of like, I don't know, roll with the goddamn punches, my, my guy. It's like, you so, know, it's like, it's like he, he, she's just like, he's like, what do you mean you want a plant? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just get the water fucking plant, man. You're not paying. I mean, and the thing is, he totally comes around to it. He's like really pissed for the first two and a half minutes. And then finally he introduced Adam West into this like, well, you're going to have to suffer with this asshole on your, on your arm for the rest of this trip. So I guess I will lessen it somewhat and fetch you this very rare flower in this very specific manner. I, I, um, lo- I love the, I love the gold foil on the, on the, uh, on the, on the pot, so like, like, like FTD just showed up the, <laughs> to drop off the plant at fantasy Island. They just yeah. rode, they rode in on the kayak <laughs> Um, so yeah, later on a soundstage in Culver city. Um, but it looks like a tropical isle. Mandy is presented with her flower and, uh, Adam West is wearing what could only be described as banana based camouflage as a shirt. (laughs) It just looks like a bruised banana in polyester. It's wild that this was a costume like this is a tropical shirt for this luau and it's it just looks like a a banana that you probably should have thrown out but you're like i'm gonna put this in a smoothie as a shirt (laughs) Uh, but the mood decidedly changes uh when we cut to the smoking posterior of roddy mcdowell (laughs) he also he's Um, also he's also backlit too which i which i i think is hilarious so he and he's underlit. So, he's he's like partially in shadow, but not exactly at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, to evoke something you said in the Skinner Rink episode, he he looks a lot like the uh, the Daffy Duck uh, villains from that gangster <laughs> <laughs> cartoon. You say he looks like Neon Noodle. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and so Mandy's like. I have to leave you, honey. Satan and I have a previous engagement. And listen, I would like to think of myself as a very understanding spouse, but there's only so many times you can be told. I will explain my rash and weird behavior later before I I stop saying, sure, I'll just be here in this shirt that was rejected by Dan Flashes. It's so weird. So she fucks off with this flower over to Roddy McDowell. And... (laughs) I'm no, you know, devil's advocate or a satanic legal scholar or whatever, but I don't think Buffy the Beelzebub here is playing by the rules because when she hands him the flower, it just wilts via stop motion. Uh, like, well, that, that's, that, that's like my favorite part of the whole episode. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? What special effects is this? What sort of black magic makes this happen? Oh my happen? God, did they, 
Did they hire a wizard and bring him over to the Sony lot? This is uh, incredible. Oh, my God. He was the Columbia lot at the time, actually. I should I should be cognizant of this, this thing that only I care about. Um, um, but uh, he's like, well, anything living that I touch just withers and dies. So pony up the soul. And this is when Mr. O'Rourke enters the scene. He's like, you should have told me you had a pact with Satan. <laughs> There's a lie you don't hear every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the laugh I uttered when I heard her say, Mr. O'Rourke is right. I entered a pact with Satan. I had to pause because I was <laughs> laughing for a well, solid Well, the funny, you know, this is what we're not emphasizing here. We, we've left out an important detail about this oh. show. Okay. Is that as cheesy as it is to watch through a modern lens. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons why I thought this would be a good fit for the, the this, this uh, new side thing we're doing is it's, this part is meant to be taken very seriously. Like, like every, right. every, every, but the Artie Johnson one, cause that's usually how the show was structured. You had the, you had the A plot, which was more often than not kind of serious. And like I said, sort of took like a, like a monkey's paw approach to things. And mm-hmm. then you've got the B plot, which is more, you know, lighthearted and slapsticky. Mm-hmm. Um, that was usually the one to like tattoo, getting involved in shenanigans with somebody or whatever. But, um, but yeah, this is everybody is deadly serious in this in in in, in this part of of the of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, unfortunately, it does not play well because you just have multiple scenes where neither of these two actors who are playing a married couple can look at one another. Oh my god! And there's and the, and, the, and like towards the they you know, are so yet they're supposed to be so madly in love with each other that they would rather die together than, yeah. than, you know, try to, try to figure out this, this situation. But yeah, yeah. they, they have, you know, you're right. They don't even look at each other. It's like, they might as well be brother and sister. And this is where I was going, Oh, is there an interesting plot here where Adam West actually uh, got into this accident to make his wife pledge her soul to Satan because he had previously pledged his soul to Satan. And that does not play. <laughs> no, no. Well, also this is, and I, and I suspect this is something that, it, you know, as we continue TV terrors, you know, should we, should we go long on it? And I hope we do. We're, we're having a lot of fun with it, but certainly seventies horror on television was very, very limited in how much it could show. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're still in the era. This was again, this was 1980. So we're still in the era of a lot of demonic possession movies and movies involving the devil. And, you know, a lot of them are, were quite, uh, you know, terrifying in their depiction. You've got, of course, uh, the exorcist, you've got the mm-hmm. Omen movies uh, you've got to a certain extent the Amityville Horror, and then you've got this movie, this <laughs> TV show, which you know they want desperately for the audience to be scared by 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 this character. They want to Ronnie find McDowell's. him. They they want to find him very scary. There there is a scene when they can when he confronts them at the end, where they are supposed to be haunted by 
demons? I guess those oh, things are no, supposed no, to be. No, no, we will get to that. No, but no, no. I'm going to break that all down. It is, but, it is so silly and so, like, what's the point? Is it watered down to the point where you could easily have a, a child watch this and, and, and oh, yes. they would think nothing of it. No, there's zero horrifying about it. And I just, I was, I, in my own mind at this point, I'm like, what, what is the hook here? Because you, you're, you're talking about like one of the biggest, you know, fanciful demonic evil figures of all time. Like, where are we going with this? And Mr. O'Rourke's kind of like, you see Satan himself cannot book a vacation here on fantasy. Island. <laughs> he has always wanted my soul. And so what this really is about is me. And so I will step in in your place. And it kind of leaves us on this cliffhanger of, you know, is the chain of command at Fantasy Island seeming shaky? Who will play Blackbeard if Tattoo has to take over? National Enquirer readers want to know. And meanwhile, it's acted as if this is the worst pinter play of all time because no one can speed this shit along. It's just, it's almost as if the guy who is the screenwriter here was like, uh, told by the producer, you know, Walter, you've turned in a 15 minute script for 25 minutes worth of screen time. And he's like, well, uh, have everyone talk slower. Anyways, I'm off to buy a car for a secretary. I knocked up. Bye. <laughs> the, the, all the tension is lost by the fact that no one can fucking fill up the gaps in the episode. And so, you know, finally, when O'Rourke is like, hey, Mr. Devil, you're not cool. It's supposed to be taken as like, well, finally, someone is taking it to the man. <laughs> that devil is finally going to hear it from a responsible party. <laughs> right. And then there's like a scene where like where uh, Mr. Rourke is just very like far away. Look at his eyes. And he's like, this is not the first time I have faced the devil in combat. <laughs> And it's like, right. and is this motherfucker trying to say he's God? <laughs> also, it's that faraway look where you're expecting a Quint, you know, this is what happened to me in the ocean during World War II monologue. And he doesn't deliver any of that. It's just kind of like me and the devil, you know, we go back. Uh, listen, his travel agent is always trying to get him on this island. And I say no. And he's really pissed about it. And yeah, it's like this is definitely something where like tattoo just kind of looks at him and, yeah. and it's like no you need to this is something you want to pursue this is this is a this is a, <laughs> this is a conversation you want to keep going in some way or another yeah and he's like uh if something bad happens to me here are the keys to these <laughs> big jeep <laughs> my the, the, the code the, the code of my safe is one two three four five <laughs> this is nine 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 <laughs> Um, so they go out to yet another soundstage, uh, in Culver city, uh, which looks like me, like not even George of the jungle would take this as an actual, you know, rainforest. And, um, Mr. Rourke is like, I will be their advocate. And he's like, well, this isn't really a court of law. And he's like, I think I can, I think I can beat you. Uh, and then Mandy and Adam West, start backing up and I'm like, aha. Okay. Here's the deal. They both made a deal with the devil that instead of taking their soul, 
he'll take Mr. O'Rourke. It's a setup. Like, what tricks is this dastardly duo playing on Fantasy Island? Can Mr. O'Rourke outfox a fox in the hen house? Will Robin unshackle himself from the Joker's big bomb? Find out. But none of that fucking happens. <laughs> what we get instead is a, is a cavalcade of children's craft projects as scary demons superimposed on camera that Adam West is supposedly frightened by. And by frightened by, I mean his face kind of moves. He's mildly puzzled. Whereas uh, uh, Carol Lindley is like, oh, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> With like, you've got this like kind of bear thing and then like kind of pig thing. And yeah, then, then like one, some unidentifiable creature. Yeah, I'm going to, this is an audio medium after all. And God knows, I don't think everyone's going to take the time to go to Tubi to watch this particular episode. So I will, I did the research. I'm going to tell you what each of these quote unquote demons looks like. Bachelor number one has four horns. And no waiting. He also <laughs> appears to lack an upper lip as if God laughs at his physical form. It's not scary, but very pointy. Bachelor number two, though, uh, appears to be a lowland ape skull that has been dropped in blue nacho cheese. <laughs> Bachelor number one, uh, I'm sorry, number three is a rotting felt bear head. That's my favorite one. Large large cherry skittles as eyes that appear first and then the rest of him comes up i think this is an amityville horror riff is what's going on like but um i don't know he his mouth also looks like it wants to give you a big old kiss <laughs> that's my favorite one. Oh, i i can totally see why because after him everyone it is filmed with a zero confidence look. It, everything becomes flashback wavy. Like they're like, oh, that's not ready for prime time. Uh, bachelor number four was a demon head, but mom backed over it in the driveway because you didn't pick it up after coming, uh, after being called in for dinner. Uh, and then bachelor number five is a scroll, maybe, or like a bad dr michael morbius that melted in the sun something like that yeah these things it's it reminded me of uh knight rider with the um <laughs> yes the my, my my goblin son showing up in uh -huh. the mirror say kind of very similar the, the similar effect but perhaps even even sillier here yes um uh, your goblin son is uh, again uh, a ghoulie that's going to college as opposed to these community college dropouts that show up here. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at the, the fierce battle of wills of good and evil. I'll be honest with you, Gina. I think there were better philosophical debates in the visitor than <laughs> in this particular episode. You know, honestly, like, I, I think I would agree with you. Uh, love is temptation. Love is a creative energy of the universe. Love is two naked children making each other <laughs> breakfast on your grandmother's coffee mug. It's a lot of things. And then out of fucking nowhere, oh, Mr. Rourke pulls a three-point shot from half court, and he uses the dream child defense. That's right. Uh, if you he, he sets it up that if 
if Satan wins, he can, but he can only win by taking the exact number of the souls that he requests, which is three Rourke's Mandy, Adam West. And Rourke's like, booyah, um, Mandy's pregos. So there's actually four. Don't get me started on those politics, but whatevs. Well, if we know anything, uh, we know the, the, the devil always plays fair and square. That's right. But he, but Rod, this is Ronnie McDowell's turn to act angry. And he does this by slowly turning around. Oh my God, this, this scene. And, and again, you know, it's actually almost kind of charming and, and a little sad <laughs> that they honestly thought that this was going to be terrifying. Yes. Because what is he going to do when he turns back around? And the answer is, fuck all. <laughs> no, no. He put on two teeny tiny little horns. Oh, that's true. And, and he now has Spock ears. <laughs> Spock ears. And one suspicious widow's peak uh, on Roddy, which, again, makes transforms him into the Count from Sesame Street. It's like, he, he, it's like he's revealing, I'm actually the devil but like <laughs> but but yeah. we do this already so it's not all that shocking of a reveal yeah it's like you've been telling us you're the devil since you've shown up and everyone else has referred to you as the devil so it's not a big reveal that you're more red than you were previously. He he, uh, he honestly makes the the mark bikini devil from kids <laughs> in the hall seem cool it's true <laughs> Hey, now that would be if he turned into the Mark McKinney devil. <laughs> and like, oh, you got me again, Rourke. With the with the leather with the leather vest and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll come back here, kind of hit up some of your Polynesian dancers because they seemed into it. <laughs> um, strange how I can slip into Mark McKinney devil very fast. Wow, that really <laughs> held cachet in my brain. Um, so he fucks off, uh, and, and they're like, well, it's crazy that you had to lie. And he's like, Oh, Mandy, I think you should visit the doctor when you return to Philadelphia. Cause I'm, like, I'm basically God. And I knew this before <laughs> you did. Yeah. It's a real guess on his part. Or- no, I'm telling you, I, Patrick, I tell you, I think that the show is implying that he is a sort of, omnipotent being and mm-hmm. that he 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 just like he knew that she was lying about something when mm-hmm. when you know she comes into his office and asks about the plant i think this show at this point has is heavily implied that he is supposed to be the good lord man good gravy what it would you believe in god more if it was ricardo montemore <laughs> Maybe he, he seems like a, a genial enough fellow. Sure. Yeah. No. I, would I like to hang out with Ricardo Montalban? Of course I would. Can you imagine the fucking stories that dude has? Like he has to be a good hang uh, wherever he is now. The I I would love to just sit back and let him talk forever, but I don't know that I want to go to church and worship him necessarily. <laughs> And I also don't think God needs a toupee. That's the other big. No, God. God should be able to grow his own hair. Yes, very much so. 
the devil, not so much, but I do think that um, as Mark McKinney's character notes, he should be partially bald. Um, but uh, I do think that God should have a full and rigorous head of hair. Just flowing um, locks. Like, flowing like, like, like Franco locks. Nero and the visitor. Exactly. Exactly. Like again, I would go to a church to worship Franco Nero from the visitor. <laughs> just just only only from the visitor, though. Only no. Any other thing? No, thank you. From the visitor, <laughs> that makes sense. That religion where you gather a bunch of bald children to listen to you yippity yap all damn day. That is how God should be represented. Or Gerd. I'm not really sure. They can't say Satan because that's of course copywritten. Uh, so that's Satine <laughs> for some reason. Holy shit. The Visitor is a weird ass movie, Gina. It I know. I, I just wild. I just wrote about it on my on my newsletter. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since we watched it <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> it really does stick with you. I mean, there are very few films that portray the battle between good and evil as a pong game between a 12 year old and an old man who's obviously been hitting the whiskey right before the shoot. <laughs> um, so what are you going to do, man? Uh, everyone gathers for one last hula. And before they get on that, that plane, um, you know, he's like, well, enjoy having a baby. And sure. What better parents than a man with no taste in church, barely clinging to life. And the woman who sold her soul to the devil to keep them alive for a year they're great planners this is going to work out fantastic that child is going to be raised in a great home gina yeah, that child at 20 years from now that child is going to show up fantasy out and say i wish i had good parents <laughs> my fantasy is that my parents didn't exist anymore <laughs> because i uh have problems with the way i was raised um Anything we're missing? Any Artie Johnson artifacts you want to bring up from the part of the show? I mean, I did the, not watch? The, the Artie Johnson part of the episode, like I said, it's only interesting to to see. Oh, hey, it's uh, the guy from The Shining. Yeah, you know, but like that, it, it's barely it barely qualifies as a subplot. Like you have this character, this female character who's working for the thugs. And then you initially it seems like she's faking wanting to date Artie Johnson, but then like the very next scene, suddenly they've hit it off, and now she doesn't want to be involved in it anymore. And it's just like, yeah, you you needed to fill like fifteen minutes of this show, didn't you? Yeah, no, it doesn't. And then at the end, it's re <laughs> it's revealed that she's an undercover cop, and you're like, on Fantasy Island. Yeah, and again, like it's like, okay, is this like a vacation place, like a resort, or is this like, or, or is this like an entire like functioning like like city and town? Yeah. What is the infrastructure of Fantasy Island? Because the way it's introduced is it's like it's in the middle of nowhere, and what happens is by magic, and that's fine. That's that's the setup, right? You told me what that is, and then very late in the game, it's like. This undercover cop who just happens to be here, did you hire the undercover cop to come? Like, what? It, does she work for Fantasy Island PD? What? Yeah, is there like is there like a mayor of Fantasy Island? Because I would have assumed that was Mr. Rourke. Right. Yes, I would very much assume that it's Mr. Rourke, but maybe this is a Disney World, Reedy Creek sort of situation 
where the infrastructure is handled by a ad hoc extension of the business, but is not, but is actually a government entity. I, again, it makes more sense to me that they have a horse, that they have a Santa Anita on Fantasy Island, than they just randomly have an undercover cop who's part of somebody else's fantasy. And then it's like the, all these times we had in this car, in this warehouse, I fell in love with Artie Johnson. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you fell in love with Artie Johnson by hanging out with him in a warehouse on fantasy Island. <laughs> you didn't even see a waterfall together. That's not, uh, that's a bear. That doesn't even qualify as a meat cute. No, no, that's a meat the anti-cute is what that is. <laughs> There's no level of cute to what they're meeting. It's no, fuck that. Um, so that pretty much does it. I mean, we, we can't play choose your own death venture because nobody actually dies. Um, he just sends the devil back to hell. He sends the devil back to hell, but which fa- I guess what we can choose is our own fantasy venture which is of the two fantasies presented here, which one would you choose and why? Would you choose to be an instant millionaire but look like Artie Johnson? Ooh. Or would you come to Fantasy Island to get yourself out of a satanic pact to keep your husband alive? I mean, do I have, am I guaranteed that Mr. Rourke will, will you know, do some like, you know, do mind reading shit and be able to, you know, finagle the devil out of the deal that is the information source that we have and so we must conclude that, that is what will happen well yes. yeah obviously i would take that one then i mean since you can't take the money with you right. when you when you if you if you fancy about being a millionaire but you found love with a with a nice undercover police lady who works for fantasy island pd who knows what kind of you know benefits package but i has. look like Artie johnson <laughs> Um, yeah, did, now, does he have the kind of glasses that can burn ants if you hold them up to the sun just right? <laughs> I mean, I just call them, like, the serial killer glasses. They're, like, the, oh, the like, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer special. <laughs> I mean, those, yes. He looks like, oh, that's too long of a story. But, yes, I met a maybe serial killer once and he had glasses like that. I thought you were going to say, I bet Jeffrey Dahmer was. I was like, wait, no, you're going to, you're going to tell me this story right now. Uh, (laughs) No, I I met a guy who insinuated over dinner that he paid for, that he possibly may have been a a serial killer. And my response to that was, well, you're the only one who's put that forward as an idea. So, like, are you? And he very coyly did not answer that question. (laughs) And that's one of those things, Gina, that if you at any point posit the idea, I might be a serial killer. And I ask you, but yeah, yes or no, are you? You better have an answer to that fucking question. So do you like, you know what I mean? Do you like read the paper every day expecting to see him in there? Uh. I, listen, I never went back to that theater in Palm Springs ever again. I think the Italian restaurant we went to was bulldozed and replaced it with uh, different things. So there's not a lot of evidence of what this happened, but it is an, an insanely long story. But yes, 
uh, we Becky and I may have gone to dinner with a serial killer. <laughs> And that serial killer was Richard Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> if he was, Richard had seen better days. So, yeah, uh, that's a story for another day. Uh, but that uh, pretty much ramps it up here uh, at Kill by Kill. Um, uh, but Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at the spool.net. Uh, I also have a sub stack in which I've been having a lot of fun. I have written recently uh, as of this recording uh, about um, Megan. Uh, I, I, re- I revisited the visitor, which is uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. <laughs> Uh, I listen. I re-listened to that one a lot because it just makes me laugh. Um, uh, I also, uh, by this point, will have written about uh, Cocaine Bear and the Outwaters, which I highly, highly recommend. And hopefully, we'll get around to covering uh, covering that here because boy, is that gruesome. Um, yeah. And I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Do it today. People check it out. Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. Revenge Body at RevengeBodyMemphis at Bandcamp.com for our music. Uh, Find us on the socials. Uh, Come to our Patreon where we're doing fun things. We talked about Hot Fuzz earlier in the month. And of course, in just a week's time, we'll be discussing, as the film plays, Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, a film we spent more than two months trying to make sense of, and it nearly drove us insane. So there we go. Um, uh, next week, we'll be back with more fun stuff. Uh, we think we'll be talking about Megan. I, I always hesitate to prognosticate what we'll be talking about. Unless we've already recorded it. Because the last time I did that, it turned out to be Predator. And we had all sorts of problems. But I I don't think... We, we got it. We, 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 got, we nailed it eventually. And it was a great episode, though. Yes. So, um, it, and scheduled is Megan next week. So if you haven't watched it, now's your opportunity to see it on uh, Peacock. Uh, and, you know, watch some episodes of Poker Face while you're there, which is very entertaining. Uh, That just about does it. But don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.